Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. The little chick she could do in one of those big envelopes and not a box. This is the press box. Those big envelopes, you know, you can fit a lot in those big envelopes, like the puffy ones, and then they can expand. If you throw a few chicks in there, they'd be okay, probably. With Grady and Bischoff. Stop trying to save money shipping your chickens at. <laughs> On ESPN Las Vegas. I don't know what the heck we're talking about. What was that? We play these clips and are like, when were we talking about chickens and envelopes? Was that your chickens racing people? No, that was probably my mother. Oh, she okay, at the farm. Yeah. The farm. Or yeah. Cassie's mom. She has chickens and something about mailing them. It's it's one of my favorite fun facts that you can, the U.S. Postal Service has wow. a, like, live poultry section on their website of, like, hey, if you guys need to ship chickens, we got you handled. Wow. All right. Well, you have more profitable ones, so um. in, instead of the, the real ones. <laughs> Good to be back in studio with you guys. I was on Clean Feed yesterday. I got a text last night saying, where were you? You sound like Korea. And I said, uh, I thought it was just Henderson. I didn't think I sounded that far away. It was good to drop in and out, though. That's always a good show. It all sounds the same. Henderson, Korea. Yeah, you could be anywhere. Sound the same. Put you in Antarctica. The one I got told was somehow underwater but on a record player. Wow. Thank God we're both not on Clean Feed anymore. Here we go. The first bite. Why is this so long? Who is most likely to be with the Raiders next season? Mike Mayock, Derek Carr, or Rich Bisaccia? Bisaccia's out. Are you sure? Yeah, why wouldn't yes. you retain him? He's That's what I'm saying. Spe- he, oh, is the special teams just coordinator? Not as the head coach. <laughs> the special teams coordinator? It's one of the only all pros on the team. Oh, man. Now they got two long snappers. They need someone to coordinate. What a great question. Because I'm trying to think if they blow up. All right. I'm going to take a shot. Derek Carr. Oh, interesting. I'm going to take a shot and say Derek Carr. Because you're going to have to, because whoever signs him is really going to have to extend him for a lot of money. And I don't think they're going to make the playoffs in eight years with one playoff berth. I think someone's, whoever is in charge is going to decide that it's time to move on. From who? Carr or Mayock? No, from Carr. I just don't know who's going to be in charge making that decision. Oh. So, wait, you do think Carr's going to be here next year? I do not, which is which is crazy because the question was who's likely to be here more. <laughs> I thought the question was who's likely not to be here anymore. <laughs> so, I've messed this up completely. I've said Bisaccia, who's probably going to be the special teams coach. I've said Carr, who I don't think will be here. And I don't know what Mayock's going to be doing. <laughs> so, who do you think's going to be here? <laughs> I don't think any of them are going to be here. <laughs> but here's, here's why I asked. Because before the game this weekend, the Raiders signed Sutton Smith, a fullback, to a two-year deal. Alec Ingold has a torn ACL. He's done for this year. Most likely is going to be out at the start of next season as well. But who's running around giving out two-year contracts for the Raiders right now? Why would Mark Davis be okay with anybody giving away a two-year contract? Especially right to now? a fullback. Right. Now, listen, I assume Sutton Smith is making about $7 and that it's not guaranteed for next year. And, that, and even if it is, it's not much money. You can easily get out of it. I assume they didn't give Sutton Smith a whole bunch of money. But maybe they did because it's the Raiders. But still, they gave Sutton Smith a two-year contract and... It's a fullback. You look around the league. What's about a third of the teams in the league use a fullback even. 
there's probably going to be a new head coach next year. Odds are he doesn't want a fullback on the team. And for some reason, the Raiders just signed a fullback to a contract that lasts in the next year. Again, it's probably very small. It's probably going to be easy to get out of. It's not like this is going to hurt their roster, their salary cap. But I'm just trying to figure out the logic of why Mark Davis would be okay with Mike Mayock giving out a two-year contract to a fullback. Is there any chance, any chance in your mind, Mayock just did this? I and guess. Mark Davis does does it not get like, approved by Mark Davis? I, I don't. I mean, when Gruden was here, I don't know if anything got approved <laughs> except what Gruden wanted and said. And I don't know if Mark Davis knew who was on the team until like the opener, right? I mean, so maybe it's still that way out there. And Mayock's just signing people. He, he knew John Gruden was on the team. <laughs> yes, he knew John Gruden was there because he was paying him a lot of money, ten million a year. That's a great point. I don't. I mean, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if Davis like, well, okay, it's football. You need a fullback this year. He's not guaranteed for next year. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see that. I could see yeah. Mark Davis saying that. Yeah. And listen, again, it's probably not, I don't know the actual contract details, but I'm assuming there's not a lot of money that's guaranteed for next year. And even if it is a guaranteed contract for next year, it's small and you'll be able to. Sutton Smith would have taken $7 yeah, by the way, to but be in the NFL. You'll be able to waive the guy and sure, you've got $500,000 in dead cap yeah. hit money. Fine. But it still was just odd to me. That I was like, oh, they signed Sutton Smith. Okay, Ingles out. Oh, it's for two years. None of the people that signed the guy are going to be right. here next year. He was the two-time Mac Defensive Player of the Year? Or is this a different Sutton Smith? No, it says it in the bio. No, yeah. Playing fullback for the Saints. There can't be a lot of Sutton Smiths running around, so it's got to be him. He was the Mac Defensive Player of the Year, and he's playing fullback? What do you mean? Johnny Stanton was a quarterback. That's at least the same side of the ball. (laughs) I think defense, any defensive player is more likely to be a fullback than the quarterback. That's fair. Although, in, I mean, maybe Johnny Stanton, was, he was really good at handing the ball off and then, like, running in front of Lexington Thomas. What uh, what position did Sutton Smith play? Apparently defensive end? Yeah, that makes sense. He was two-time MAC Defensive Player of the Year. They need to put this guy well, on with the all defense. The yeah, linebacker. Like... Why isn't this guy playing linebacker <laughs> against the Chiefs this week? <laughs> he was the, not just, he was the MAC MVP <laughs> the entire conference <laughs> He was the MVP of the entire conference playing defense. He's making more money than we think. Why Why wouldn't you sign him to the defense? Uh, one year, he led FBS in sacks. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, they've had enough injuries at linebacker. that They're going to say, Sutton, we know we signed you as a fullback, but just go play linebacker he this week, the, and he probably could do it. He led the nation in tackles for a loss <laughs> as a junior. <laughs> now he's trying not to get tackled. Wow. Why is what? this guy? Why did they only give this guy a two year contract? <laughs> now we're saying Mark Davis made a hell of a move. Well, the signing is great. Side. Put him on defense. He's just on the wrong side of the ball. <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, they were one linebacker injury away from having no linebackers yesterday or Sunday, right? Yeah, absolutely. Where, Sutton Smith's got to be on the He's got to be a linebacker. At this point. All right, so I'm just so confused. You don't think any of them, but if you had to pick one, you had to pick one of the three. Who do you think's here? Mike Mayock. Yep. Yes. Okay. Um, I think there's a chance Derek Carr's back, depending on what the next head coach wants to do. Like, well, maybe that better question is depending on what Mark Davis wants to do, because I could see Mark Davis hiring a coach with the thought process of, hey. This team finished, what are they going to finish with? Eight wins, nine wins, whatever. This team finished with eight or nine wins. 
or a couple wins from the playoffs, come in, make it a little bit better, get us to the playoffs. And in that case, all right, Derek Carr's coming back. I personally think they should blow it up, everything. I don't think any of them should be back. They should blow it all up, start over, complete rebuild. This roster's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. Nobody's coming in to change that. So, but I could see Mark Davis saying, well, we're close. We're close enough that I should keep pushing, keep going for it. So I'm going to bring in a new coach who, hey, your your task here is to keep going. And that would mean Derek Carr sticks around. So I think there's a chance Derek Carr stays if Mark Davis approaches it that way. I'll be really interested to see if, let's say Mayock's been either been told he's coming back or he's confident he's coming back. Doesn't Mayock hire the coach just with approval from Davis? I would think so. I mean, I mean if you're the GM, be... if you can't hire the coach, and I don't know what you're the GM for. So here's the other part of the Mark Davis era that I think is very worrying when you look at this offseason because the Raiders are going to – there's going to be significant change, right? Maybe Mike Mayock stays around, but they're probably looking at a new head coach and a new general manager. Mark Davis has yet to make a hire that's been successful. Right. Obviously, they've lost a lot. They're 61 and 95 since the first full season. Mark Davis was in charge as the owner. That's 39% win rate. But Mark Davis, his hires at head coach and general manager, he hired Dennis Allen, then fired him like four games into year three. Hired Jack Del Rio, only coach to go to the playoffs under Mark Davis, but then fired him after three years because he badly wanted John, John Gruden. Gruden. And John Gruden was a failure. I mean, that, that did not right. work out. And then. Mark Davis refused to fire him after he read his emails, whatever. But on the general manager side, hired Reggie McKenzie. Reggie McKenzie had the one good draft, right? He got Khalil Mack. He got Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. Like, he had some good draft picks, but ultimately they had a lot of bad drafts with Reggie McKenzie as well. Fired him because of Gruden and then hired Mayock, presumably because, because of, of Gruden. Gruden. Yeah, Gruden Mark, made those decisions. Mark Davis has yet to show anybody that he can make a successful hire right. as a GM or a head coach. And... The way he chased John Gruden does not imply a good process to hiring a good coach. Because that was just, I love John Gruden. I got to have him. There's no evidence to suggest Mark Davis is going to do a good job this offseason at putting the right people in place to fix the Raiders. So that to me, more than anything that's happened with Gruden, Mayock, the roster, Derek Carr, who's coming back, who's pro whose fault it's been the last three years. The guy in charge, the owner of this team has yet to show anybody that he can make a competent hire. And that's probably the biggest issue for this franchise going forward. Mark Davis has to be a good owner. He's He's got to do something that's a good owner because his franchise has been awful since he's been in charge, and it's largely because he has not made any good hires yet. And that's why I think if Mayock stays, if you're Mayock, you demand that you, you, co you make the coaching hire. He can't do worse, right? <laughs> I mean, can he do worse than Mark Davis? So I mean, I 61 think sixty-one and ninety-five, thirty-nine yeah. percent. So I think if you're Mayock and you've just, and again, with this franchise and maybe with a lot of franchises, we don't know what's going on. We don't know really what's happening. Mayock might have already been told he's coming back, for all we know. And if he's been told he's coming back, then I'm sure he's the one going through candidates. And maybe that's why Mark Davis, by that CBS story, hasn't made any inroads. Maybe he's having Mayock do this. I can't believe someone out there hasn't already started like vetting candidates and saying this is where we want to go. This is the type of coach we want. I can't believe it. If they haven't, it's completely irresponsible. You have to, by now, started thinking of names and what type of coach you want. Do you want to even consider college guys? Do you want to try to get big names from the NFL to try to bring them over who might have worn out their welcome other places? I, they had to have done that by now. And the people who are doing that, I would assume, is more Mike Mayock. 
I mean, does John Gruden, and this is a serious question, does John Gruden, excuse me, excuse me, does Mark Davis know enough about the process about vetting these candidates and who would be the correct coach for his team because you already have down here how poorly it's gone that you want him doing that? I mean, you know, he owns the Raiders, he owns the Aces, we see him around town and all that, but you're, are you telling me, you know, I think he probably knew who Dabo Sweeney was. Does he have any idea in his mind if that would be a good coach? I mean, I don't think so. No, he, so he hasn't shown that he does. If it's these two, if I'm Raider fans, no matter what you think of how he's done in the draft, I want Mayock. If, if one of them has to hire the coach, if I'm a Raider fan, I want Mike Mayock hiring the coach. Can Sutton Smith hire the coach? I'll tell you what, he can draft a linebacker <laughs> and a defensive end. He can. He, I'll tell you what, I don't think Sutton Smith would have drafted Cleef Farrell for overall because he'd be like, I was better than that dude. <laughs> Quick question, and whenever they hired John Gruden to the 10-year contract, did anyone look into the Rooney rule, or did it just one day the, the Raiders? I that is That has been talked about a decent amount, that the Raiders seem to have circumvented the Rooney yeah. rule when they hired John yeah. Gruden. Because okay. they very much fired Jack Del Rio. Just hired John Gruden. With John Gruden, like, pretty much ready to yeah. go. So I mean, I would like, if Mayock is running the coaching search, which... Every time that happens in college, suddenly the guy doing running the coaching search goes, you know who would really be good at this job? Me. But I hope that he actually, like, interviews candidates rather than just being like, ooh, Lane Kiffin. I think Although this I do time, want Lane Kiffin really bad. I think this time there will be more of a pool, and there should be. Yeah. Last time it was just obvious. He, lo- he loved Gruden like a brother, and he was going to hire him no matter what. Sutton Smith was drafted in the same draft as Cleveland Furrell. Okay, hold on. I'm Are you say, freaking kidding me? I'm going to say oh, fifth round? Sixth round. Okay. 171 picks after Cleveland Furl. And if I told you right now the Raiders need a sack, who you got more faith in, Sutton Smith or Cleveland Furl? I think Sutton Smith because I don't think he's playing special teams. Because <laughs> I think he's better than that. And they just put him out there to like, well, I don't know if he'd get a sack, but according to Jared, he'd definitely get a tackle for loss. <laughs> he had a year. He led the nation in sacks, tackle for loss, and QB pressures. I mean, yes, it was in the Mac. That's the why guy he probably was, went in the sixth round. But the guy was dominating the Mac. Is it Max Crosby was in the Mac too, right? Wasn't where was Khalil Mack? Where, in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the Mac. Yeah. What this guy? He's got to play defensive end. What are we doing? They spend all that money on Yannick Ngakwe when Sutton Smith was sitting out there. There's yeah, and Ngakwe's not been his self lately. So maybe we say, "Hey, Yannick, uh, off the field, we're bringing in Sutton." That would be awesome. <laughs> it just—it's so weird, though. Also, fullback. Well, he played fullback for the Saints. Do you think they have any idea he ever played defense? Uh, the Steelers drafted him, so there's a chance that the Raiders and Saints did not know this guy played defense <laughs> in college. There's a chance they don't know. The Steelers drafted him. I assume they know. Right. He played defense, but there's a chance that nobody else in the league knows this guy. Because the Steelers defense. probably put him at fullback, yeah. and no one realized to look up his resume to say this guy played other places. He walks, he walks by the defensive snaps, and he's just like, you know, uh, I I played a little defense in college. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, coming up next, could George McPhee leave the Golden Knights? Helps the puck ahead. Manjapani starts it out, and look out, Coglin falls over. Chance for Anderson. He's in. Hits the post! Loose under Leonard! He covers! We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. How you feel about citing a Vancouver-based podcast <laughs> for breaking news on the Golden Knights? Let's do it. Because that's what we're doing today. Blake Price of the Securas and Price podcast. Mm-hmm. 
He said earlier, the name I heard a couple weeks ago, and they, referring to the Canucks, were surprised they didn't hear a no from was George McPhee. So Vancouver uh, obviously fired everybody earlier this week, and they now have some sort of leadership group in place in the interim to be the general to fake be the general manager, but they're at some point going to hire a general manager. George McPhee has been a general manager in the NHL for a long time. He technically is not a general manager right now. He is the president of hockey operations, which is viewed as a position above the GM. So. Do you see any reasoning? Can we figure out any reason why George McPhee might leave the Golden Knights to go be the GM of the Vancouver Canucks? He'd rather live there? I'm not sure. That's pretty much it because I, mean, I can't think of one. He literally just traded for Jack yeah. Eichel. He, like, ha- he has a Stanley Cup contender right, right. now. And, He's a Stanley Cup contender if everyone's back healthy without Jack Eichel. Right. And he has... I mean, sure, there's, there's a lot of pressure with it, but I have to imagine... Bill Foley as an owner gives him the freedom to do exactly what any general manager would want to do. Sure. He can basically go chase any big name that he wants to, right? Bill Foley probably loves that he goes out and chases that. And so he's been able to go out and acquire Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, Alex Petrangelo, Robin Leonard, like all these big names, high priced players. He's got the freedom to go do that as the GM slash president of hockey operations, the Golden Knights. I, the Golden Knights are in a better situation. He's like the whole, his like whole vision of what the roster is and how it can win the Stanley cup. He hasn't done that. It's not completed here yet. So it's like, I, I, the only thing I can think of number one, like you said, he likes Vancouver better than Vegas. Like that's he, his first job in the front office was in Vancouver in 1992. So maybe there's some affinity to the city or the organization, I guess, or George McPhee likes to rebuild rather than, Put together a contender I mean, with pieces like I. They're so obsessed with winning cups. I know. I just, I can't. I'm just trying to find anything because it does not make sense no. to me that McPhee would leave the Golden Knights for Vancouver. And it doesn't matter who. But there's a media person in town I was talking to who's pretty close to George, and he was talking to George not too long ago. And McPhee said, "I'm happier than I've ever been because obviously he has control over decisions." Yeah. I mean, Kelly McCrimmon's the GM, but I don't. I think George can x out anything that if he doesn't want to happen. Also. And people might think this funny, but it's true. He doesn't like dealing with media. And now he doesn't yes. because Kelly McCrimmon's now the one to deal with the media. So he told this media member, I've never been happier. I get to do my job. Kelly takes care of the media. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he says he's been happy. So when you go back to you have all that, you have your dream job, or I, I'm not going to say dream job, but you have a job that's very, yeah. very positive, And you could win a cup. Like I said, even with Eichel, if everyone's back healthy, we both think they could win the cup. I, I can't think of any reason. I can't either. Yeah. I can't either. They, they want the cup so bad. I can't believe he wants to say, I want to go to a complete disaster where there's <laughs> where there's no guarantee. As, and, and I think McPhee is really good but at what he does. Think about the glory if you bring them well, yeah, to the but cup. I mean, how long would that take? <laughs> I mean, and, you know, at, at that point in his career, I don't know why he wouldn't say no. Uh, but he can be a somewhat of a strange bird. So, I mean, there might be reasons that we're, there's obviously reasons we're not thinking of, because if it's just that he wants to live there, buy a house. So, I mean, you have enough money. The other reason why McPhee would say no, or would not say no to Vancouver, it would have, and it would have nothing to do with him actually taking the job in Vancouver, but it would simply be leveraged to get more money out of 
fully, right? Like if he, if you come back to your employer and say, listen, this other team is offering me this job, I'm interested in taking it. But if you give, if you add on, you know, I don't know how much, how, how much does McPhee get paid? Do they get paid? Like I'm telling you in terms of Five? the NHL, I have no idea. Yeah. In terms of the NHL, that's the one sport where it's the hardest to yeah. figure out what anyone makes. Let's let's just assume he makes a million dollars for the sake of this argument. He gets an offer from Vancouver. Hey, Bill, I, I really want to take this job in Vancouver, but, you know, you give me an extra half a million, you give me an extra million dollars a year, I'll stick around here. Right. That's one reason why you would say, oh, Vancouver, yeah, that sounds great, even if you have no interest in actually taking it, is to, you know, increase or make your own situation better at the moment. But in terms of actually taking it, I don't think it makes much sense. Now, is the best move George McPhee's ever made in his career appointing Kelly McCrimmon as the GM? Oh, he probably thinks it is. Because, like you just said, he no longer has to talk to the media. No. He's also still presumably the one in, oh, charge, he's in charge making all the decisions. Yeah. And he didn't lose Kelly McCrimmon. Right. Like at the time, Kelly McCrimmon was the assistant GM. There's a good chance McCrimmon would have gotten hired away by another team. As a GM. Yeah. If if they had stuck as the status quo of McPhee's the GM, Kelly McCrimmon's the assistant GM. I I remember the press conference. They even said the roles aren't changing, just the titles. So McPhee still said that. Yeah, McPhee's still running everything. Presumably got a pay increase by getting a better position. Doesn't have to talk to the media and didn't lose the guy who he's done all of this with. Yeah, because that was one of the rumors going around. I think you'll remember is when people found out that I think it I think it came out in the time when the Kraken was going to, you know, be a team. Yeah. Kelly McCrimmon was mentioned as a high level guy to be their GM. I believe that was the timing. It was it was a team, and it was a t- it was either the Kraken or the team that was saying, "Hey, they're going to hire Kelly McCrimmon." And all of a sudden, we're at a press conference saying Kelly McCrimmon's the GM, and Foley's like, "Yeah, but none of the powers have changed." Like, well, <laughs> I guess that's because I guess that just means he gets to talk to us. McPhee even made a crack about that at the press conference, where like now you get to talk to him. Yeah, I mean, he was the so greatest move he's ever made. It. Yeah, exactly. It's better than like the Mark Stone trade or any other yeah. player he's acquired. That's the best move he's ever made. So. Is he going to Vancouver? I highly doubt I it. I just can't I'd be, believe I'd so. be stunned. If, I'd be You're more stunned. You're going to leave that team? Yeah. I'd be more stunned than I was when Gerard Gallant got fired and Pete DeBoer was hired right. as the next right. head coach. And that was a stunning morning. Yes. So I'd be more stunned if McPhee left for the Vancouver Canucks GM job. Stunning for Ed, too, because Ed all of a sudden was like, <laughs> all right, guys, uh, close my laptop. I got to go fly got, to Canada. To go to Ottawa. To Ottawa. Not wonderful. even a good part of Canada. I got to go to Ottawa. So, yeah. So, be stunned if he actually took that job. I guess the one other thing is if Vancouver was just offering him just a boatload of money. Right. If they just came in and said, we're going to quadruple here's your a, here's, salary. Yeah, here's, here's a blank check because we saw what you did with the Knights. He was in Washington, I think, for 17 years. Um, obviously really well thought of, and he probably should be well thought of. I mean, he, he drafted some great, some hall of fame, all-time great players in Washington. You saw what he did with the Knights. He's very good at what he does. So if I'm Vancouver and I'm the complete mess, I, I might be offering him whatever he wants. Never won a Stanley cup though. No, he's not. And that's, and again, then why would you leave? <laughs> Because Vancouver's quadrupling I your mean, salary. I just, I'm fine without winning the Stanley Cup if you're going to quadruple my salary. They just, they're so obsessed with the Cup. Players, managers, guys who've never won it. They're so obsessed. You know, Gerard Glant, when I talked to him in New York, oh, can win a Cup, can win a Cup. You know, as a coach, as a coach, can win a Cup. And they just seem obsessed with it to where he's got a team that can win the Cup. But they're not doing it for free, Ed. 
<laughs> He's not working for free. <laughs> All right, coming up next, David Roth joins the show. We're happy to talk to him. He just seems happy to talk to anyone. David Roth from The Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to The Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. I believe this is the fourth week we have been getting dishwasher updates. So, David, how many dishwashers are still at your place right now? Well, that's complicated. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Is it? So the short answer is that it's the same number it's been in uh, the past. Well, it's been one year that we've been having this conversation. We've been doing it for (laughs) one calendar year. Uh, But Thursday's the day. Old one's going out. New one's coming in. I've been told that this was actually going to happen. Uh, for real this time. It's just one of those, uh, I, I guess I didn't really, we don't really own this home. <laughs> you know, like this is not an apartment that I bought with my own money, and yet I'm experiencing the home ownership, uh, ex- <laughs> you know, just the general thrill of realizing that every time something gets fixed, it reveals two new things that need to be fixed. But on Thursday, they're going to turn the water off in the entire line of the apartment building that I live in so that they can change a couple of valves. <laughs> <laughs> and put a new dishwasher in. Um, I'm not going to call you when that happens. Just know that if you do hear from me, it's because something really bad happened, and I, I just need somebody <laughs> to talk to. What if you needed, like, a refrigerator or something? This is a dishwasher. We've had a refrigerator installed since I've been here, and uh, it was actually – well, actually, that one was also kind of bad, <laughs> now that I think of it. <laughs> but it, was, uh, it wasn't as hard as this, because it's like, you know, a dishwasher, you got to plug it into a bunch of water lines and stuff. The issue with the refrigerator was that uh, the it was too big to fit in the kitchen, so we had to widen the door. So the refrigerator was in the living room for like a week, but that was a long time ago. And I've been in restaurants that are like that, you know. So I just sort of talked myself into it. I was like, "Wow, you're it's like a really cool place in Queens that no one knows about uh, your own house." What are parties like at your house with appliances in the living room? People coming over and saying, "What we the actually hell had is that?" People, we've had house guests here for like. I, like something like 12 of the last 14 days. Like my father-in-law was here for a long time, which was great. Just the idea of being like, yeah, just put your hat and gloves on top of the dishwasher. That was not in use. <laughs> like that was <laughs> a lot of that. And then I had one of my buddies in from, uh, was in Europe was here for a while. And it was, he was a, a wonderful guest and very polite about it. But it is like, it's a thing you have to kind of just studiously ignore because it's not, it's not the biggest thing in the world, but you don't, like, just not see a dishwasher when you walk into the apartment. <laughs> it's there. It is there. Like, where, not where you expect it to be and not attached to anything, but for sure right there. All right. What lasts longer, your dishwasher saga or the MLB lockout? <laughs> this is a good question. So, obviously, I've got a head start um, on, on them <laughs> in this case. Presuming that everything goes according to plan, that would wrap mine up in, I guess, five or six weeks. Um, but actually, that's just in the time I've had the dishwasher here. I think that it's going to be very close, I guess is what I'm saying, and I'm not expecting a short lockout. Oh, you're not. You're This This is going to go on while you they, they never canceled regular season games. You don't think they'll come close to that, though? I don't think they will. I think that it's, I think they're working on it, but I think it's the sort of thing, just from my experience of having been in, in negotiations, obviously it's very different, but when I worked at Vice, we organized the newsroom and I was on the bargaining committee. And so I got a front row seat to the experience of negotiating with management. And 
I know that's a thrilling phrase that uh, conjures all <laughs> kinds of cool imagery. It's way more boring even than that phrase makes it sound. There's just going to be a lot of meetings and a lot of caucusing and a lot of back and forth. But I do get the sense that the owners know that they can't afford to cancel games. And I think the, the players seem pretty well together on it at this point. The thing that makes me feel like it could go on longer or get worse than expected is just how crappy um, and weird the ownership proposals have been over the last year and how much of that sort of, like, it's not bad faith in the classic negotiating sense, but going to the press and having, like, Bob Nightingale just print whatever cockamamie idea popped into your head, like, that is bad practice on the owner's part, and I don't know who is going to, I mean, you can't stop a billionaire from doing what he's going to do. And so I don't know that they are quite taking it as seriously yet, but, yeah, the prospect of money coming out of your pocket does have a way of focusing the mind. And I think especially for these guys, that'll be the case. So, okay, on the idea that the owners, you said the owners can't afford to miss games. Every time there's a there's a labor dispute in professional sports, the owners tend to have the leverage over the players simply because the players have a short shelf life. Like, what makes right. you think that the owners might be in a different situation this time than they normally would be during a labor dispute? Oh, I don't know that they are. I just think that they're... I don't take them very seriously, like, I guess is what it is. That, like, I think that they are militant and are very, like, you know, like, they talk the talk. Like, they really, really don't want to have to pay their labor force, you know. But, like, nobody does. The NFL owners, who I think are, by and large, are a crazier group of people, like, just in terms of the personalities that are involved. And also, I think, because of the fact that there's more of that, like, legacy family ownership in the NFL, where, like, this is really all that, like, the Hunt family or the McNair family really knows. And that's not as much the case in, in MLB at this point. Like there are, uh, you know, like your Steinbrenners and stuff like that. But I think for the most part, these just are, are business people or investor types. And then there's a whole bunch of other teams, like the Dodgers are an example of one. that aren't even really necessarily owned by people. Like they're owned by investment groups. And while those groups would surely love to, you know, whatever, save an extra whatever, like, point whatever percent on their labor costs, those are people that want to get paid, you know, whatever, of 5% annualized, like, profit more than anything else. Certainly much more than they'd want to win the World Series. And so to the, when they run out of, you know, runway in terms of trying to extract that extra bit of concession, I just don't think that, like, it's not personal in the way that it was for, like, Jerry Richardson to not have to pay any Carolina Panther sent more than he wanted to. Like, these guys are, are bots, you know, and I think that once they realize what they can and can't get away with, not that they'll fold, but that, like, it'll follow the usual shape of a negotiation. That's my hope, anyway. I can't tell if I'm whistling past the grave yet. Like, they've, they've only been at it for a few weeks. Like, I'm a man that's had a dishwasher sitting in his living room for five weeks. I'm very patient. So, obviously, this is the free agency, the money. It always just comes down to the money. There's nothing else that really is on the line here, but whether it's the DA, is there anything that you've seen negotiations you'd go to the wall for besides the money? And if I were on the player side? Yeah. I would say that uh, for me, like the idea of getting to arbitration quicker and getting to free agency quicker seems like a, a, something that they might actually be able to get, just getting one of those Arab years back. Because that's always, that's been a goal for a long time. It's just like, this is one of the good things and the bad things about you go 26 years without any real labor disruption. It's not to say it's exactly been labor peace, but there hasn't been anything like this, you know, going back 
into the 90s. And I think that the sort of concessions that you make in order to keep that kind of peace are, you know, they're, they're not cosmetic, they're real, but it is the sort of thing where, like, you can look back at it. And I think in this case, it's just that extra year of, like, deferred free agency you know, it's a, that's a prime earning year, and I think that they probably could offer some sort of concessions to get it back. Uh, but I don't know exactly what the owners want. This is the thing that's been the hardest for me to sort of suss out from it. Because, like, as much noise as they make and coming out with these crazy concessions, or not concessions, but I mean offers, like there's going to be a salary floor and a salary cap and whatever, like none of that's going to happen. You know, they're just like sort of making noise and trying to appear busy and reasonable, I guess. And so it's much harder to see the shape of like what their demands are than it is. I mean, the players want to get the free agency quicker. They want there to be like a salary floor probably. And then they also like just the stuff that they have articulated as like their demands, which mostly come down to like more competitive teams trying harder and spending more to me is way easier to understand and to communicate than whatever it is the owners want, which I guess is just, um, not to have to share more of the money. Uh, whose idea do you think it was to remove all the headshots of the players? <laughs> We've been trying to figure that out. Apparently it's a labor law thing, and they can't be profiting off the stuff while the CBA is not there. How you're profiting off like a tiny little photo of Dansby Swanson on a website. <laughs> like I have a website. I have no idea how one would do that. But we've been trying to figure out like who actually had to do it, because I feel like that's maybe where the story actually is, is that some guy gets a phone call like from a very frazzled sounding boss. And they're like, uh, do you know the photos of every player that are on every site? Those need to go. And like right away, sorry, we just noticed this. And then like, that's a few hundred shots just like wiped out. I'm sure that, you know, whatever it was automated, but it is like the idea of completely depopulating your sites and then just replacing it. We had, uh, my three, one of my coworkers did a story on like what's on those sites now. <laughs> and it's like all the stuff that when you know, when you get to the end of an article and there's one of those like uh little tabula boxes of just like fake content stuff where it's like one weird trick to knock out toe fungus, <laughs> like refinancing your car in Las Vegas, like tr- click here. Like that's basically what the MLB website is now. Like it's just <laughs> stories that are like, Nine teams you forgot employed Hideo Nomo. Like, guys are thinking of people whose names they could use. And then just, like, stuff from history. Some of it is, like, you know, whatever, a tribute to Gil Hodges, who just made the Hall of Fame or whatever. But, yeah, there's, like, kind of a surprisingly large amount of Hideo Nomo content on the site now. I don't know that that's going to make it out of the, uh, the lockout, sadly. Well, he is David Roth from Defector. David, I kind of hope you don't have your dishwasher situation figured out next week when we talk yeah. to you. I mean, we'd find something else to talk about, but there is a part of me where it's like, it's soothing. You know, I'm like, I will right, we'll do three or four minutes <laughs> on what a disaster shambles my house is. And then maybe we talk about the NFL. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see if it's, um, if it's in next week, I'll run it a little bit while I'm on the phone. So you can hear that, that engine purr. Thanks, David. Thanks, Thanks man. David. Thanks guys. Have a good one. Bye. He's uh he's optimistic or more optimistic than I am about well, the lockout. Did he say they're? Oh, I thought oh. you were gonna say about his dishwasher. Yeah, well, that too. That too. I, was, I was gonna say, did he say they're shutting down the water in the entire building for his dishwasher? Yes. Wow. If I'm if I'm on floor two, I'm I'm kind of pissed. I'm like, hey, who's whose dishwasher's being installed now? You get an email 
And it's just like, yes. the water will the be shut off from, from 3 to 4 p.m. Because <laughs> the, the acid, the acid 12A needs a new dishwasher. <laughs> Apparently he's had two in his house for <laughs> six months. I'd be like, ah, screw that guy. Get your dishwasher figured out. All right, coming up next. Would you leave Nevada for Colorado State? Yeah, I did hear about it. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, I know Kenyon's. I know him a long time, and I know he's very frustrated. Certainly his last two injuries have come from that type of a rolled-up tackle. When you look at the play on tape, I, it did not look intentional. I think he got himself in a, a funky body position at the end. When he went to finish a little bit, the guy kind of rolled him over and he got his ankle caught underneath there. So I can't speak on the first one that happened to him when he got his last injury. It didn't look intentional. Certainly it ended up being a roll-up position at the end. I know he's a little bit frustrated about getting injured again, but it just did not look that intentional um, on film. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Coming up later in the show, we are going to have Disney on Ice tickets to give away, plus tickets to a Golden Knights game. But in the meantime, Jay Norvell left Colorado or left Nevada for Colorado State. Um, his contract details, according to Brett McMurphy, five-year deal with Colorado State will pay him nine million. So that's nice. $1.8 million per year. He was getting, what was it, $650,000 from Nevada. So nearly tripled his salary to go to Colorado State. Nevada's been more successful than Colorado State at football. Like, it's been a better program as far as wins go. Uh, I don't care what program it is. You're going there if they're tripling your salary. Yes. If anyone's tripling our salary, we're all over at Raider Nation Radio being the most positive host that ever have been on the Raiders. Raider Nation Radio. Ed, if, if my salary is getting tripled, I might be moving to, like, Boise, Idaho or something. <laughs> like, that's just down the hall. That's an easy change. I'll I'll get up and go oh, yeah. somewhere else <laughs> or triple my salary. And you salary. can live well in Boise. Yeah. So $1.8 million per year. I assume year. Like, I'm not being taken with either of you <laughs> when these, these things happen. No, you're coming. You're not coming. No, no, no chance. I got, they got to triple my salary. I'm not hiring anybody else. So Jay Norvell leaving is an absolute no brainer. Like that's, it's not even a question as to whether or not you take that job, regardless of how bad Colorado state has been at football. You're taking that job a hundred times. I mean, also you don't, you no longer have to live in Reno. There's nothing wrong with Reno. People like in this city love to like just Reno jump on Reno. There's nothing wrong. Next to, next to uh, you lived in where uh, in Missouri? Tahoe, Kansas City. All right, then Montreal. Go live in Mississippi, any city in Mississippi, <laughs> and then be like, ah, this Reno place is a dump. Oh no, I just meant more. It's the it's you're in Nevada, which is known as a big desert, and it will randomly snow. And I'm like, I kind of like that part. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want that. This city's more part. sustainable yes, in 20 exactly. years. This city might not be here. Well, we, we, might, we don't need water. We we've won't got be, that little we won't kid be drinking that, anything. I'll tell you that in 20 years. <laughs> we've got that. Uh, we got gin. Uh, we got that little kid out here. He uh, he replaced Ryan Reeves. <laughs> so I have one question about Nevada for you. Should they be investing more in their football program? Because they just got yeah. listen. They got their coach stolen from them. Now it's this isn't Eric Musselman going to Arkansas right. at an SEC job. They got their coach stolen from them by an in-conference opponent that has less success than them. I mean, I'll throw it back at you because this, these are things I hear about Nevada. Do they have the money to invest? I don't think they do. I Probably think that, not. I think that I think that athletic department is really really hurting for money. So if you if the guy comes to me and says, 
you know, comes to Doug Newth, the idea, and says, I'm making 1.9. If I'm Doug Newth, I have to say thanks for what you did for yeah. us. So I, mean, I don't think they have the money. How do they keep I succeeding? Yeah. <laughs> he hires good people. Like, I mean, he hired Musselman. I know they're down a little, but he got Alford to come. Yeah. Jay Norvell was really good. He he won. Doug Newth kind of has the touch to hire good people, knowing probably, I don't know what Alford's going to do, but Musselman, obviously, that was like like Jay Norvell. That was the easiest decision that Musselman ever made. You hire really good people, maybe in the back of your mind, knowing you're not going to keep them very long because if they win, they're going to go. Yeah. I mean, most, I mean, that's your, for any school in the Mountain for, West. I mean, for any school, that's what you want. Right. You want the guy to rebuild you and go to the Pac 12 or, because right. then you're good. Yes. And what, Brian Dutcher turned down, did he turn down Minnesota officially? I can't remember if he officially got off. I don't know that if he job. officially got off. But he, you know, was involved in the Minnesota yes. oh, coaching yeah, job. Yes. And, and he's still at San Diego State. So there's like some hope you could hold on. But for the most part, if you're a Mountain West program, you hire a coach, you hope they leave in five years yeah. because that presumably means you had some success. Obviously. Leave on their own terms. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Not you on and, your terms. UNLV just lost Otzelberger without having that success, right. but that's a very rare situation. So let me ask you this on the UNLV side. Colorado State looked around and said, we got $1.8 million. We're going to go get a guy who's been winning in the Mountain West. Norvell hasn't actually won anything significant, but has been winning seven, eight, nine Those the Bulls. Yeah. Should UNLV have done that? Like when they hire their next coach, should they be just saying, hey, that guy's proven he can win in this conference. We're throwing more money at him than Utah State can afford or whatever random school it is. Come on over. Rather than hiring the guy that was a high school coach or a coordinator who's never done the job before. Well, I think it's been proven out and given the current situation and the past situation that, yeah, they should be doing that. And unlike Reno, I think they could afford it. I mean, I mean they've Arroyo's making one point five, yeah. and his buyout was what three this year. Yeah, so they they can afford to do that. So yeah, when and if well, when they need to do another search, I think that's the way to go. And I'm not saying don't look within your conference. Right, guy, Utah State's pretty good. He was at Arkansas State. All he did was win and go to bowls every year. He comes here, you know, just destroy San Diego State in the conference title game. He's he he wins the Mountain West Conference. I mean, I don't know what Anderson makes at Utah State. I'd be a little disappointed if UNLV couldn't hang with them financially or even overpay to get someone like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you've done it the other way, all the way from a high school coach to a coordinator. Um, You did it the other way. You know, they've done it so many ways. With Sanford, it was like, you know, the the former uh, big-time coordinator. With Hauk, it was the former Montana guy. I mean, they've done it every way. So, yeah, this would probably be the next option for you to do the next time. Blake Anderson at Utah State makes $1 million. You could over, you could pay more than right. that. Uh, he left Arkansas State where he's making $800,000. So he left for a $200,000 raise. I have to imagine if it was UNLV said, hey, you're making a million, here's 1.5. Right. Right. He's probably leaving for that. I assume he's leaving for Unless he looks at UNLV and just says, oh, I'm getting fired in four years. I'm not taking that. But I assume you're leaving for a half a million dollar sure. pay raise when you're only making a yeah. million. That would make sense to me. So I just, you look at who UNLV's hired. Go poach somebody that's proven they can do it.